I could let you talk to my parents from somewhere else, Amber said. Cobb's face flushed and her neck quivered. Amber waited for the pop. Young lady, you will be quiet when I tell you to be quiet. You will respect my authority and do as you are told. Do you understand? So I'm not allowed to speak up for do you understand? Her mother patted Amber's leg. Come on now, sweetie. Let the nice old woman speak. Cobb's eyes widened. Well, I think I have identified the source of the problem. If this is how Amber has been raised, I'm not surprised that she has no respect for authority. Naturally, Bill said, as composed as ever. What's so great about authority anyway? It takes itself far too seriously, if you want my opinion. You have a little problem that you blow all out of proportion. Drag Betty and myself across town for a meeting we're obviously supposed to dread. And here you sit, at your ridiculously large desk like a mini despot, assuming you wield some sinister power over us. Betty, are you feeling intimidated yet? Not yet, Betty said kindly, but I'm sure it'll kick in soon. Amber did her best not to squirm in her seat. She'd seen this enough times to know what was coming next, and it always made her uncomfortable. Her parents had only so much tolerance for people they viewed as irritations, and the level of punishment they doled out depended entirely on how they were feeling on any particular occasion. The only thing Amber didn't know was how far they intended to take it today. Cobb's unremarkable eyes narrowed. Obviously, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree. I can see where your daughter gets her attitude. Mrs. Cobb was now little more than a lame wildebeest, the kind Amber had seen on nature documentaries. Her parents were the lions, moving through the long grass, closing in on both sides. Cobb didn't know she was the wildebeest, of course. She didn't know she was lame, either. She thought she was the lion, the one with the power. She had no idea what was coming. You've just said, essentially, the same thing twice, Bill pointed out to her. Added to this, you seem to talk entirely in cliches, and we've been entrusting you to educate our daughter? We may have to reconsider. Let me assure you, Mr. Lamont, Mrs. Cobb said, sitting straighter and smoothing down her blouse. You will not have to worry about that any longer. Oh, excellent. Betty said happily. So you'll be leaving the school then? No, Mrs. Lamont, it is your daughter who will be leaving. Betty laughed politely. Oh, no, I don't think so. Bill? Bill took out his phone, what he half-jokingly referred to as the most powerful phone in Florida, and dialed a number. We do not allow cell phones in the principal's office, Cobb said. Bill ignored her. Grant! he said, smiling when the call was picked up. Sorry to be calling you in the middle of the day. No, no, nothing like that. Not yet, anyway. No, I'd like you to do me a favor, if you would. The principal of Amber's school, you know her? That's the one. I'd like her fired, please. Faint fingers of a headache began to tap on the inside of Amber's skull. So this was how far they were willing to take things today. All the way to the end. Thank you, said Bill. 
Say hi to Kirsty for me. Bill hung up and looked at Cobb. You should be receiving a call any moment now. Cobb sighed. This isn't amusing, Mr. Lamont. Don't worry. It's about to get decidedly funnier. I have made my decision. There is no arguing. Bill held up a finger for quiet. Cobb was obedient for all of four seconds before speaking again. If you're not going to talk rationally about this, then I have nothing more to say to you. It is unfortunate we could not work out our- Please, said Betty. Give it a moment. Cobb shook her head, and then her phone rang. She actually jumped. I'd answer it, Betty advised her gently. It's for you. Cobb hesitated. The phone rang twice more before she picked it up. Hello? Yes. Yes, sir, I'm just...